God has been so good. God is going to confirm his word today. Because he does. I'm just going to preach the word. Is that all right? I believe sickness will be healed. I believe people will be baptized in Jesus' name. I believe somebody's going to receive the Holy Ghost today. This is an apostolic church. We preach the word and God confirms the word. Amen. The gift of faith is here. And because Jesus is here, anything can happen. Turn to somebody and say, the impossible becomes possible. I'll say it to him like you've been healed. Say it to him like he's provided for you. Say it to him like you've had a bill that was due and you didn't know how it was going to work out, but Jesus came through and provided your need. The invisible becomes visible. Tell him the invisible becomes visible. Amen. You walked in here with something, you can walk out of here without it. You walked in here without something, you can walk out with it. I believe that. Hallelujah. I know you're standing... But there's some instruction to us this morning. The altar call has already began. We, we're not formal. We're not going to be formal. We're going to be decent in order, but we're not going to be formal. We're not going to memorize the service. Because God's not in a box. Matter of fact, the Lord asked us a few weeks ago, get me out of the box. And I intend to let him out of the box today. Whenever you sense faith, you need to act on it. You need to speak what God's going to do for you. When the opportunity is presented, this is not my text, but rather a word. Hebrews chapter 4 and I'll read it and you can be seated because you're so kind to stand. Thank you. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. I pray this morning, Lord, I can't afford to come short of anything you've got for me. I can't afford to miss heaven. And I sure can't afford to go to hell. I'm not going to hell and I'm not missing heaven. I'm not going uh, to fall short of entering into his rest, even here. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. That's powerful. It says the word was preached, but it didn't work on some. It didn't work for some. Why? Because it did not get mixed with faith in. 
It's the difference between taking a shower and getting wet and taking a drink and being satisfied on the inside. You can die of thirst in your shower. You can get all wet if you want to, but if you don't get something down on the inside, it's not going to sustain you. But the word wants to get mixed with faith in us this morning that hear it. Hello? It's only going to work for those that it gets mixed with faith in. You're a container today. Same gospel, same message, different results. You can be seated if you want. Hebrews chapter 4, it says the same gospel was preached. It touched some and it didn't affect others. You don't have to, now is not the time to look to your neighbor, but you could be sitting in the same pew right next to the same, some person right next to you. Same word be preached and somebody mixes it with faith in them and they're healed. You can have two people sick sitting side by side and the same word come out and somebody grab hold of it and say, that's for me and then be healed. And somebody say, that's not for me and them not be healed. Same word can come forth and salvation be needed by people and one mix it with faith and say, I'm going to repent of my sins and go to an altar and pray. And the other say, I don't think today's the right day for me. I need a little more time. The person that mixes it with faith and moves on the word that they have heard, uh, they will be saved. And the person that says, I'm not going to do it today will not be saved. The same word can deliver a person sitting next to the same person or another person that needs deliverance, but they will not be delivered because the word did not get mixed with faith in them that heard it. One walk out sick, the other healed. One walk out saved, the other lost. And one walked out set free and the other walked out bound, all based on the faith of the hearer. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I am preaching the word of God this morning. Nothing else works. My stories won't work. My personality won't work. But when the word goes forth, the word has the power to set free. The word has the power to heal. The word has the power to save. pose this question as just a little teaser this morning. I think we have shortchanged this or limited this verse for years because when this verse was penned, there was no Bible. They were in the midst of writing the Bible authoring the Lord is the author but they were the writers and the Holy Ghost would move upon people and they would write as the Holy Ghost inspired them to write but the the 
compilation of the uh, scriptures was not yet complete uh, and they didn't have a Bible to carry around or look at on their phone uh, or look at on the screen. Uh, it was just, uh, amen, the word as it was coming forth. And, and so we sometimes uh, limit uh, the word of God to being this book and uh, it is the Holy Bible and the writ of God. Thank God for it. Uh, but I believe that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It could be that God could speak to you a rhema word in your spirit today and if you will embrace that word, the miracle could be released to you that you need. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Maybe the Lord is prompting somebody in the house today. Today is your day. Today is a day that I want to do this for you. Amen. I may not address your situation head on, but the Holy Ghost is speaking in this house uh, and his word is being released uh, to the people of God and to everyone in the house uh, that you can have what you need today before you leave this place. John chapter 6, verse 35. As the word of God is coming forth today, there are going to be three voices you hear as we prepare to go to John 6. You're going to hear God's voice. You're going to hear your voice. And you're going to hear the devil's voice. God's voice is the voice of truth. When acted on, it will produce healing, salvation, deliverance, whatever else you need. The second voice will be your flesh. The voice of reason. Yeah. If acted upon, it will cause hesitation. Indecision. Questions. Third voice you'll hear will be the devil's. It'll be a voice of doubt. It works with your human voice and reason to cause doubt. And if acted upon, it will cause fear, disbelief, and a failure to receive. If you respond to the first voice, you hear God cannot lie, and you will not be disappointed. Uh, by the way, that's the real whacked out people that just get up and do something and then think about it. You always wondering why they're getting their prayers answered? Because they're not sitting there trying to reason how, how is God going to do this? And I just can't see how it's going to work out. And I, I just don't know how the Lord could take care. That's a big problem. But when the word comes forth, we start saying, Wow, what a big God, and what a little problem. You see, if we'll act on the big God and the little problem viewpoint, God has no trouble getting our stuff done that we need done. But if we start looking at the big problem and a little God, then we have a big problem. Amen. Put God in his box and bring him out whenever... All the conditions line up. 
This Bible that I just referred to is full of people, situations, and circumstances that didn't line up, that were seemingly too big to do anything about. But that's when God does his best work. When it makes you wonder how in the world could God do this or how in the world is this going to work out? I've got news for you. God is not perplexed by anything in this house today. You're not too lost for him to save. You're not too sick for him to heal. You're not too confused for him to put soundness of mind. You're not too broke for him to bless. You might be too tired to get the word because uh, the word's coming forth and God's just looking for somebody to embrace it, to say, that's for me. Amen. That is what I'm going to embrace. That is what I'm going to act on. Yes, even tiredness is something we have to push through. Isn't it amazing? Some of the best services I've been through have been times where I've been tired. And some of the best services I've been to have been nights when I thought, I don't know if I can make it. I'm just walking in the door with my tongue hanging out. I think I could just use a little more sleep, God. And you press through that. You kind of press through that demon wall if you can... If I can say it that way, that place where it's really tough to just push through and you, you, you push through and you get into the presence of God and something starts moving, uh, something starts changing uh, and God's presence begins to breathe on you uh, and something from another world begins to lift up your strength, uh, lift up your mind and encourage you. That's when you need to say, thank you, Lord, that I pushed through. Jesus said in 6 of John, verse 35, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. That is such a powerful statement. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believed not. Isn't it amazing? You know, it's commendable that you're here this morning. Has anybody seen Jesus? Did you see him at Walmart or Starbucks or certified getting your coffee? Jesus said, there are people that have seen me and they still don't believe. And it's just as amazing. He said that there are people that have not seen me yet believe. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. Him that cometh to me will I in no wise cast out. What a promise. 
For I came down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him that sent me. This is the Father's will that sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing. All you got to do is come to him today. There's not a more secure place we can be than in his arms. Because he said, I will lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the day in the last times. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at that last day. Everlasting life. Jesus said, He that comes to me will never hunger and thirst. He that believeth on me shall never thirst again. It's the will of him that sent me that I lose nothing. It's God's will to satisfy every hungry heart in this house today. I thank God for this portion of Scripture because it reveals His will. wonder what the will of God is. What is the will of God? What is the will of God? He just told us the will of God is that we would come to Him and partake of the bread of life and the water of life freely because when we do, we'll never hunger and never thirst again. And when we come to Him, He will not lose us. He will not... uh, uh, misplace us. We will be secure in his hands. What a promise we have. What a will of God revealed to us. Thank God for his will today that he has revealed to you and I, amen, that he will never lose us. He's faithful to keep that which we have committed unto him against that day. It's the will of God. To quench every thirsty soul here today. I know there are hungry people here today and there are thirsty people here today because sometimes we start eating junk and it doesn't satisfy. Amen. The old adage, don't eat your dessert first, it'll ruin your appetite. You're like, "Ah, I'm not sure about that. I kind of like my dessert. But it's true. It kind of, kind of, dumbs down your hunger, if I can say it that way. And, and what would have tasted a lot better has been dulled by that thing that looked better and looked nice and looked sweet. Uh, but really, after you eat it, you're like, yeah, I really wanted something good. That's how life can be if we're not careful. We can go through life and the devil tempt us with things that look like they satisfy and look like they last, but they really dull the thing that we're really supposed to be hungering after. And the Lord says, if you'll eat what I've got for you, amen, it will satisfy you. You will say, oh, how good it was and is to my soul. Yeah. If you're in this house today, you need some thing that will satisfy your soul. I need something that will satisfy my soul. Praise God. Save every soul. 
God's word, his food, his bread, his water is capable of saving every soul. That's where God is allowing our society to be drawn to is the choice. You're going to either eat with satisfies uh, or you're going to deny that which satisfies. Uh, but the choice is yours. Uh, and I've got uh, one desire that David said, uh, I'm going to seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my my life uh, and to inquire of the Lord uh, and behold his beauty. Amen. Thank God for something that really satisfies. God wants to give every person here eternal life. Everywhere Jesus went, everything Jesus came in contact with was changed. Everything. Everyone in the gospel, according to Mark, there's a great illustration of this in Mark chapter 2. And I want to invite your attention there to verse 1. And again, he entered to Capernaum after some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. Doised that he was in the house. Amen. When Jesus is in the house, it's going to be noised about. Straightway, many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. Jesus preached the word unto them. Amen. Again, not the Bible as we know it, but he was speaking the words of life in that house. And it was standing room only. It came to him bringing one sick of the palsy and uh, he was born of four or carried by four. And when they could not come nigh in for the press or the crowd or the amount of people, they uncovered the roof where he was. Jesus was, uh, they, they had to calculate where he was. They had to try to figure out where to tear the hole. So they could bring him that was sick Amen. And lower him down on a bed to where Jesus was. They lowered that man down. And when Jesus saw their faith, everyone say saw their faith. Amen. Jesus needs to see our faith. He doesn't need to try to read our mind and say, do they have faith or not? The Lord is looking for some faith in the house today that he can see. He saw their faith. He said to the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Isn't that amazing that Jesus, uh, amen, every time somebody that was uh, a sinner was brought to him, he touched their body, and when their body was sick, he said, your sins be forgiven you. Why? Because Jesus is not just interested in healing sick people or saving lost people. He's interested in putting people together and making them whole, body, soul, and spirit. The Lord doesn't want to just fill somebody with the Holy Ghost here today. He wants to heal your body as well. He doesn't want to just heal your body. He wants to save your soul. He wants your mind to have peace. He wants your mind to have soundness. Thank God. Isn't it amazing? There were some very nice religious people there that day. Sitting there and reasoning in their heart. Boy, that's a seat you never want to sit in. 
If God's moving in the house, don't sit and just analyze. Reasoning in their hearts. I can't believe they did so much damage to the building. What a mess. I walked in here, I vacuumed that foyer after uh, I just was helping clean up a little bit the other day. And I thought, wow, the building's getting, getting some wear. I said, thank God. I'd, have, I'd rather have worn out carpet and a bunch of people than pristine carpet and no one walking on it. Thank God we got some kids spilling some stuff. We need to be careful. We need to treat them to honor, teach them to treat the house of God with respect. I thank God for picking up the towels in the men's restroom. That was a little plug that if you see some laying there, pick them up. Help me. But I'm going to pick them up because there's people in there washing their hands. Thank God. I know this is a little bit silly, but I'm serious. Reasoning in their heart. We can become so critical and, and miss the point. The point was there was a sick man lowered through the roof. Jesus just forgave his sins, uh, and he's getting ready to heal his body, and they're being picky about it. Hallelujah. And the real thing they were doing is criticizing Jesus. This man speaks blasphemies. Who can forgive sins but God? Yeah. Wake up, silly. It's God manifesting the flesh that's doing the teaching. And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said to them, Why reason ye these things in your heart? Why are you being so critical? What's, what's easier for me to say to the sick of the palsy? Your sins be forgiven or arise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on the earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say to you, look at Jesus, he's having multiple conversations Speaks to the man, forgives his sin, deals with the criticism, deals with the reasoning, deals with the religious spirit. Goes right back to the man. Hey, by the way, take up your bed. I've seen faith today. Just because Jesus doesn't deal with you right away or it seems like he's left you for a moment, don't you get distracted while he's dealing with what he wants to deal with, he is going to take care of the person with faith. Take up your bed and go into your 
house. Go back home. Amen. He said, you came in here with sickness. You're leaving without it. You came in here unable to walk, and you're leaving able to walk. You came in here with your sins, your shame, and your brokenness, but you're leaving without it. You're going back home a different way. Amen. I'm saying to somebody in the Holy Ghost, if you'll be like this man today, it doesn't matter how you got here. It matters how you're leaving. It matters how you're going home. You can go home without shame. You can go home without sin. You can go home without sickness. Why? Because Jesus is in the house and he's looking for somebody who will have faith in his word. And immediately he rose and took up the bed. Aren't you glad he didn't reason? Are you serious, Jesus, right now? He said, it says he immediately arose, took up the bed, went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw it on this fashion. I'm living for the day that there's such faith on display that we have to say, we've never saw it work quite like that. We never saw anyone that crazy. We've never seen anyone that filled with faith that just at the mention of the word, right in the middle of the preaching, I can't believe they got up and interrupted the service like that. I can't believe they believed it was that accessible and really that it could happen just as it was being mentioned. Uh, don't you know you got to come up and ask 15 people to come around you and get a cloth to take home with you and pray that it might happen someday in about six to eight months? I'm not belittling anything I just referenced. Uh, we do pray for people at the altar. We anoint with oil. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. That's word. Uh, amen. We do uh, send claws. Uh, we have examples of people being healed that way. Thank God for it when he chooses to use that. But he still uses a spontaneous faith uh, that tears the roof off the house, uh, that walks up to the altar with... Am I not supposed to wait till the musicians come up? No, you don't have to wait for anything. Jesus can heal you now. Jesus can fill you now. Jesus can make your mind calm now. Hallelujah. He's just looking for somebody desperate enough. Don't mind her, she's getting what she got. She's getting something she came for, amen. She's going home a different way. She's going home with something that she walked in without. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. You may feel like it's too crowded today. There, I, I don't know if I can get to Jesus, but you got to press your way to him. They 
guesstimated where Jesus was in the house. This is close enough if we can just get him in the proximity of Jesus. Jesus said, I see your faith. I see your faith. I know how many times you've prayed. I know how long you've been lame. I know how long you've been lost. I know how long you've been sick. I know how long you've been tormented with evil thoughts. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I wonder if there's anyone here desperate enough or sick enough, amen, or lost enough or addicted enough or lonely enough or lame enough or hungry enough to tear a hole in whatever obstacle separates you from Jesus. In the Bible, it was a roof, but it might be somebody's opinion. It might be some kind of obstacle that your mind has built up, a stronghold that you say, enough is enough. Uh, I'm tearing through the barrier that has tried to keep me from my answer, tried to keep me from Jesus. Uh, I don't care what you think. Uh, I don't care what anyone else says. Uh, I am going to get in proximity to Jesus today. Yeah, there are people here today that will help carry you to Jesus. Fact is, some of you have been carried here by the prayers of intercessors that you don't even know about. You don't even know why you're here. Somebody picked you up on their shoulders in prayer and brought you to this house. Before you ever walked in physically, you have been carried by the prayers of people that said, Lord, would you draw the hungry? Would you draw those that are lost? Would you draw those that are addicted? Would you break addictions, Lord? In Jesus' name, set at liberty them that are bruised. Lord God, deliver the captive. Open the prison door to them that are bound. I'm telling you, there is an open prison door in the house today, and it's waiting for somebody to just walk through it and experience your deliverance. Anyone desperate enough for Jesus to see your faith? Not perfect people. No. Not people who've never had a problem or issue. Jesus said, arise, take up your bed, and walk. It's happened here before. It happens often. It happens when people have faith. I don't know the name of the gentleman in Mark chapter 2. He's just sick of the palsy. That's all we know about his identity. But I do know a name of a gentleman that came to this church a few years ago. And his name was Maceo Thompson. Maceo was married to a friend of Sister Pam's. He was diagnosed with a brain tumor. He was a personal trainer. A hulk of a man. A big man. A strong man. But he had this brain tumor and it 
tied him to a wheelchair eventually. That's why this morning when we opened up, I said, aren't you thankful for your strength and your health? It's not to be taken for granted. Might be the picture of health today, but you never know what future holds. And I'm not saying that to be negative. I'm just saying that to put perspective on the fact that we need to be thankful today for our health and our strength and what God has blessed us with. That tumor stole his mobility and confined him to that wheelchair. He had surgery to remove the tumor, and he lost most, most of the uh, use of his left side, and uh, he was confined to that wheelchair. And uh, there, was a, there was a healing here that prior weekend. And Sister Pam, uh, again, this was, I think, 2016, so I'm just bringing it to my memory. But Sister Pam uh, was inspired to call uh, Uniqua, is that right? Maceo's wife, and uh, said, I think it's time that you come to the house of God, that God wants to save you. And uh, his response was, I think it's time for me too. You see, what was happening was it was being noised abroad, what was happening in the house. And Sister Pam called his wife and said, I think Maceo's time to be saved is now. And she said, I'll let you talk to him. And they talked, and he said, I'm coming. And so we made arrangements that afternoon I think it was March 2016, and he got here, and uh, he could make it as far as that door right over, well, those steps right there, and uh, I called Donovan and Will to come help me. It was me and Donovan and Will and, and Uniqua, and uh, this is still a very large man, muscular, even in his wheelchair, but he had been uh, failing in his health, and I think I've I, sent a few pictures I want to show you. There we are at the bottom of the steps, and uh, we're, we're trying to figure out how to get him up there in the wheelchair. It's a tight spot, so we carried him up the steps, and uh, here he is at the top of the steps. You can see his left side is compromised, and uh, he's a very, as I said, large man, and uh, we took him down into the water, and he was baptized in Jesus' name. Because four people carried him up those stairs. You see, even though there's four people to carry you up steps, you still have to agree to be carried up the steps. You still have to be desperate enough to say, you know what? I don't care. I, I, it's, it's my time. I recognize today's my time, and I'm not going to let this opportunity. I'm sick now. I've been healthy and sick now, but I could get so sick that I can't even go up the stairs and. I just happened to have my phone, so I started videoing after he came up out of the water. Come on, speak that out. Yes, it's twisted for some reason. God filled Maceo with the Holy Ghost in that water. Maceo was sitting at home, sick and lost, but he said, I've gotta, I got to get to the house of God. i got to get where Jesus is at. So he walked in this house, or wheeled in this house, carried him up those stairs down into the water, and God filled him with the Holy Ghost, forgave his sins.
God chose not to heal Maceo. He was alive for a few months, but he went on to be with the Lord. <laughs> God heals some and some he doesn't, but he wants to save all. But I know that God is a healer and that God is in this house today. And he wants to touch anyone who's desperate enough to push through your obstacle. I don't see many wheelchairs here today. So there's some limitations that you can just get up and start walking on. If you want something from Jesus, he's in the house. He's in the house. He wasn't going to be denied. There was no roof that was going to keep him away. Mace was said, there's no sickness that's going to keep me away. There's no wheelchair that's going to keep me away. There's no obstacle or limitation. No excuse was going to stop him from getting to Jesus. He just had to find four people that would help him. Amen. I don't know if you're in this house and you need any help today, but I'll personally come back and carry you up here. I'll personally take you by the arm and say, I'll go with you. If you're desperate enough, the Lord will help you. If you feel like, I don't know if I can make it on my own. I'm a little intimidated. You just lift your hand and say, come back and get me. I'll come back and get somebody today. Jesus is in the house. Jesus is in the house. Uh, the house Jesus was teaching in was so full of people, there was no room inside. Somebody needs to be hearing and cupping your ear to the voice of Jesus right now. Waiting for him to say, thy sins be forgiven you. Take up your bed and walk. Uh, Jesus' name, hallelujah. Mm. Jesus, in your name, Lord, you're in this house. Musicians, you can come. We're finished. Amen. Preaching. I think the Lord is wanting to move in this house right now. Uh, people that are just desperate enough to get up and say, Lord, uh, I am coming to you. I'm going to come to where you are. I'm going to get in the proximity of where you are. And I'm going to let you touch me, Jesus. Uh, God, I'm mixing your word with faith uh, in my heart today, Lord, uh, that you would bring, uh, Lord, my situation uh, to a healing to a salvation, to a deliverance in the name of Jesus. 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 If you're not up here, would you pray? Amen. Would you let the house be filled with people of faith and pray and extend your arms and your hands toward those that have come, that their heart would be touched, that their life would be touched, that their mind would be touched. In Jesus' name, you are the way maker, God. You're the healer, Lord. You're the Savior. Today is the day. Today is my day. Somebody needs to say, today is my day. Day. Today is my day of salvation. Today is my day that I get healed. Today is my day that I get deliverance.
In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You don't have to have some big, uh, long tenure and walk with God. You can walk in this house for the first time and experience the love of God, experience the healing that Jesus can bring. The salvation is yours. All you got to do is repent and say, God, would you wash me with your blood? Lord, would you forgive my sins? Lord, I need you today.